This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now entering Nerdist.com. This that one feels very Skyfall, just that. Well, it's such a symphony, you uh-huh. know. This is the this is the recording of the London Symphony Orchestra playing the James Bond theme. Mm. Oh, look at that! Listen to that guitar. That's Vic Flick. I don't know if that's Vic mm. Flick, but that's somebody playing with the London Symphony Orchestra. So that original Bond theme, have we talked about this? Recorded on acoustic guitar. Yeah. You think it's electric? Yeah. It's uh, that guitar, I believe, is sitting in the something. It's sitting in some museum. I saw a picture of it. I met Vic Flick once, and this was like a year ago, mm-hmm. and he he was playing it on the original. Whoa, that's pretty sweet. The uh, just me and him in Cabo San Lucas. <laughs> this is a uh, this is a special edition of James Bonding. Oh, there it is. Uh, we're gonna be back with a real episode very soon. But, uh, you know what, this is real, too. It's real to us. Well, you know what this is? This is the Never Say Never unofficial episode oh of the God. James Bonding podcast. This is the Kevin McClory <laughs> sanctioned, because we're going to talk about him. Today. Yeah, of course. And this is going to be tied up with rights issues for years. For this episode, oh, we'll yeah. never get 50. it back. For 50 years. 51 years, yeah. It's going to be insane. Yeah. Uh, and why not? We might, we might have Spectre in this. I don't know. I it's going to be that Katie <laughs> sues us for having <laughs> some sort of uh, rights to this. Thing. <laughs> um, but this uh, this version, I've had this version sitting on my phone for a long, long time, and I don't, I have no idea where it came from. I just, and it might not even be the London Symphony Orchestra because this is like the early days of Napster that I downloaded this. Oh wow! And it was just labeled as the London Symphony Orchestra version of the James Bond theme. So I said, I'll I'll download that. It's great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm eating. I've no, had the that's most right. hectic day. You, you, we. I think we've both had pretty hectic days. I am just ready to uh, collapse. Mm, me just too. finished a run on uh, on at midnight. You're looking good. Thank you. I have to say, thank you yeah. very much. I'm getting getting smaller as my ego grows. Congratulations on at midnight as well. Thank you, you very much. Up. Huge pickup. Yeah. Forty fucking weeks. Mm. It's a year of work without yeah. having to look for it again. That's great. Unless I fuck up so badly, they fire me. Well, that's what I'm hearing on the streets. Yeah. They're real close. Yeah, I'll get there. Oh, oh there it is. What is that? That's that a like, nice way to settle that down. E's E ninth suspended chord or something? Like, it's sus, some crazy. Sus two. Is it a sus? Uh, 
Yeah, guys, welcome to our... What, we, we're, we figured, hey, we're almost halfway through this. Are we? I don't know. How far in I are we? I think we're a third. Are we, you're kidding me. We're a third of the way in? No, no I guess we've you're right. Done, yeah. We've done... We're, we're five in and five in. We're closer in. to a third. We're six in. We're, we're 11 in. Are we? Yeah. What? Yeah. We're 11 bonds in. We are in the middle. Wow. We are literally... In the middle. Where did all the time go? Well, I don't know. We just had we so much fun. Have all the time in the world. That's an episode we'll be doing very shortly with Paul Shear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we were going to record it, but uh, it turned out the At Midnight Rap Party was the same night as our scheduled recording, and uh, there's one thing I like doing. It's bailing out on two guys that are ready to do a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. that really sums up my life. Fair enough. When I'm not doing a podcast with two guys, yeah. I'm bailing out sure. on a podcast with two guys. Um, but yeah, we're going to sort of, we got some, there's some James Bond in the news yeah. lately. There's some stuff we just thought, hey, let's talk to the audience about it. We're going to an- answer some questions. Oh, we're going to maybe recap, do a state of the union of the James Bonding podcast. <laughs> yeah, sort of figure out where we're at. And if yeah. I, you can tell us if we're doing things wrong, which I'm sure you think we are. <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> you don't. Know. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be good stuff. Uh, and uh, then you know, no questions, please, about Ali and Georgia. Thank you. Uh, cool, we're getting questions. Awesome. Yeah, lots, uh, lots. So, should we start with some of our own news items? And what do you want to start with? Some of our own news. Well, items. not our own news items, but just uh, oh, to- talking on our own. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Two things in the news right now. Right? Yeah. First of all, today, this very day, it was announced. This is an emergency podcast. Yes. We, we, I saw the signal in the sky, and I drove right here. Matt and I never even spoke. We just did it. We just yeah. knew to arrive. We were drawn to the center of the... We were drawn to the studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we, it wasn't until we got here that we found out why we were drawn here. Yes. So, MGM, Eon, and Dan Jack officially no longer have to be beholden to Kevin McClory and his estate in <sighs> any way. We fucking did it, everybody. Yeah, we did. I mean, you and me, really. Now, what does that mean to the layman James Bond fan? Well, it's kind of a big deal because a little organization we know of as Spectre can come back. Can come back. Blofeld can come back. I hope that's what that means. Oh, it's exactly what it means. Dreamcasting Blofeld right now. Dreamcasting Blofeld. Ernest Stavros Blofeld Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, interesting. Yep, I just did it. Wow. I kind of just rocked your world with that casting. Did you? I don't know. <laughs> who who, who Matt, do you think? Same question myself. <laughs> same uh, question to you, well, Matt. Who are my favorite actors right now? Who do you think could pull off a menacing, elegant... Well, this is probably a really obvious one, and I'm not even going to say this is my answer, but Daniel Day-Lewis would be an interesting bond. Holy shit, Daniel Day-Lewis would be great. That's not my answer. Ooh, I just thought of another one. What? Kelsey Grammer? Not bad. (laughs) Not bad. I'll always say not bad. I even enjoyed him as Beast. Uh, uh, Brian Cranston. Oh, let's do it. (laughs) It's just because we know him as a bald man. Yes. But still. Well, my brain went to bald, and then that's where I ended up. I it's ended Lex up at Heisenberg. Or, or Blofeld. Oh, God. He's going to be great if he actually is Lex Luthor. Do we know if that's happening? I don't know. Wasn't that just a rumor? Did we talk about that? <laughs> I don't know. Did we check with sources? I, I feel like there's also someone I'm thinking of, and I can't remember who. Holy shit. We're is. getting a lot of questions. Yeah, I know. Good. We're going to not be starved for content. This yeah. is going to be maybe a full-length episode for you assholes. Yeah. 
and, and thanks for tweeting or emailing us questions. We'll get to as many as we can. Yeah, we appreciate it. I mean, yeah. I appreciate it more than Matt, but that's just... That's just, I mean, that's that just goes harsh. without saying. Goes without Since saying. both of us are named Matt, yeah, you don't I even know. I know. People probably don't even know what whose voice is what. Yeah. yeah. Am huh. I Matt Gorley? You don't know. You don't know. Am you I Matt know. Myra? I could be Matt Gorley. Yeah. You, do you and want I to am. Be? <laughs> oh. I would love to be Matt Gorley. Oh, that yeah, sounds well, fun. here. Yeah, I'd, I'd live a day in your shoes. <laughs> what size do you wear? 11 and a half. Oh, bigger than me. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, honestly, since I've lost the weight, it might be down to an 11. Really? Is it yeah. width? Uh, yeah, it seems like it. Mm, that's probably that's probably the problem. I'm a ten. Oh, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a nice mustard sweater on. I, sure I like do. this. Yeah, this is a I Matt and I are just going to talk about how each other look right now. Yeah, yeah. Matt, he's got this come from the gym, but really kind of rugged, good looking mm. thing going on. He's yeah. in a baseball jersey. Yeah, he's got a certain luster about him. Really is nice. Devil may care. Probably my the worst hair you've ever seen me with because no, I just didn't. It looks good. I'm a mess right now. It's I haven't up. showered once today. Yeah. We both have beards. Actually, I haven't either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a rare treat. I'm worried that I'm not going to have time to, and I have a dinner thing I have to go What's to. What's your, uh, where, where are you going to dinner? Let's talk Son about that. Son of a gun? Oh, is that nice. What it is? Yeah. Is that where we're going? Third street. Son of a gun. I, you know what? I may be wrong. Well, listen. All I know is they have these biscuits that'll, that'll just put a what uh, what popular improvisational comedian are you going with <laughs> I, am, I am not i'm going with my girlfriend's friend oh or, well nice. her, my girlfriend's one of her best friends is having a birthday party oh that sounds fun at son of a gun uh, yeah and her name is sarah silverman she does well no, for I'm herself. Just <laughs> i was gonna say sarah's birthday party already happened but yeah uh that's 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 nice that's impressive yeah you're hanging out with some elite company over there well we'll see i don't even know if this hell of a chef going, to be gun. honest <laughs> i could be wrong if you listen to this podcast go to son of a gun find out if I, uh, we did go there amanda and i went there it is amazing is that the place it is a place on third where you sit you can sit at a long table and you're next to people yeah like european style yeah, yeah, yeah so that's not where we're going tonight. okay don't worry about it then all right forget it uh so that's that's a that's the big that's one yeah. big chunk of james bond news yeah. okay another Another interesting tidbit that came out on the internet uh, this week, and I'd like to give uh, credit to the gentleman that uh, watched Skyfall more than us. <laughs> yeah, for, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, Skyfall, I'm typing it in right now just so I can give proper credit, but this gentleman supposes that uh, M perhaps was the adopted mother of Silva. Yes. And this is borne out in his explanation by the fact that think on your sins, Silva's message to M is an anagram for your son isn't in HK. Which is Hong Kong. I... Which just bolsters my argument that they're saying mom. Oh, oh. <laughs> this, so this comes up as well. We can deal with this issue because did you, have you watched Honor Majesty's Secret Service again yet for this? No, not yet. I watched it last night. Uh-huh. And uh, at one point, I forgot about this, he takes a drink mm-hmm. and he salutes a picture of Elizabeth II. Yes. And he goes, Mom. But it's like right in the middle, like, Mom. <laughs> and you, it, 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 it almost makes it worse. Uh, so where do you fall on this theory? I read the article. Yep. I wish I would have read it more. I probably have a few questions. But Yeah. Where do I fall on this theory? It's an interesting theory. I Without mean, per- proof, I'm not. Really yeah, I mean, it. the only proof we have is that it's an anagram. There's some lines of dialogue, she says, that this uh, gentleman that wrote the article supports the theory 
Yeah. That uh, Silva is M's adopted son. What are those lines of dialogue? Uh, orphans make the best recruits. Yeah, but that's which really so just refers to, to bond, yeah. especially from Casino Royale. So yeah. I think you can take that. Okay, we're table. taking it off the table, yeah. no problem. Uh, the fact that Silva is constantly referring to her as mother. Yeah, but mostly in context to James Bond, like mommy was very bad. What if she adopts all the double That'd agents? That'd be awesome. And they don't even know it. She just gets their life insurance policy. <laughs> She's running a big scam. But no, I mean, it's an interesting theory. Yeah, I, like I like looking at things like I that. I do too. I think the guy's is fascinating. I really like the article. I just don't think without... He does, does, does he seem to mention that there's some deleted scene that he thinks would explain it, but does he have proof of that? Oh, I don't remember reading that. I don't know. I don't... I don't... I don't know. I saw somebody I thought I recognized, mm-hmm. and it turns out I didn't. But anyway, uh, so I mean, I'm, I'm interested what, to what the, uh, the 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 audience thinks of that situation. Sure. Yeah. See, I I'm a big riddles and and uh, anagram and and little hidden messages. You're actually guy. you're actually the person that came up with the uh, Minotaur theory for <laughs> for The Shining. Have you seen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's actually you. And I find it to be, if it was a really distinct anagram, like your son isn't in Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong, it. sure, yeah. But, I don't know. In fact, you think, keep talking yeah, up and I do. Think on your sins. What? What? Uh, I think what Matt's going to do, if I know my other half uh, as well as I think I do, he's going to go ahead and, and, and find some new anagrams, and we're going to go ahead and think about other other explanations for this situation. Yeah. He's got an envelope. He's ready to do this. In the meantime, I'm going to go ahead and answer our first question. This comes to us from Solid at Solid Currency on the tweets, and he asks, if you were casting the next Bond film, who would you pick for Bond girl and primary villain? Well, we kind of already accidentally stumbled into that situation. Mm-hmm. I'd like a Blofeld, and I'd like him to be played by Brian Cranston or Philip Seymour Hoffman. Now, Matt says Daniel Day-Lewis, but I feel like he's too method. And, uh, but, uh, and I, do you feel like he would do a that commercial of a movie? Maybe this Bond would be the crossover because of Sam Mendes. He could. It's interesting. And as far as the Bond girl, I, they always find these uh, exotic beauties who I've never seen before uh, with English that is uh, not the best. And uh, because of that, I feel like you can never sort of hammer down who you think would be a good Bond girl. But I'm going to throw this out there, and everyone's probably going to be like, that's the dumbest idea in the world. But much in the same way of my favorite Bond girl, my favorite unofficial (laughs) Bond girl from uh, the ice skater from For Your Eyes Only. Uh, What's her name? Oh, Holly. Holly something. Is it? Anyway, but I would like a similar type of character in the James Bond movie played by Taylor Swift. Repulsed by that. Repulsed by the idea. Listen, I don't think this anagram. I think this anagram, just by the fact that it's got to have HK and not Hong Kong in there, is a stretch. But that's what you call HK. Although Hell's Kitchen, maybe it's your son is not in Hell's Kitchen. Maybe her son was a contestant on Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen, (laughs) and uh, she he he was telling her. That uh, her son was no longer in the con- in the contest. 
that he lost. He was eliminated. Uh, hey, uh, this comes from Mr. D. Davis. He says, hey, at Matt Myra, at James Bond, at Matt Gourley, what movie has your favorite James Bond theme song? Now, this is something we sort of have touched on. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the best theme song, and this came out in my car today, and I said, yeah, this is probably it, is Paul McCartney's Live and Let Die. Hmm. And, and the only thing that I think can come close to it, as far as melodically, beautifully written music, is uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. I'm going to have to say my favorite is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. I know it's instrumental, but I think it's amazing. I don't care for this opinion. Why? Well, well you got to pick... If it's a Bond, you got to pick okay. a Bond song. Then I'm going to have a really <laughs> unpopular answer. Oh, boy, I love it already. What is it? I almost think we should save this for an all-music episode, but we'll tease it a yeah. little bit. I love <laughs> The Man with the Golden <laughs> <laughs> so, if any of you out there, many of you... Uh, who's that? Lou? Lou? Lulu. Lulu, yeah. Many of you probably out there weren't familiar with me or my work before this James Bond podcast. And I, I come from an improv character sketch podcast called Super Ego, and I do the editing. And our theme song is that... From Man with the Golden Gun for our season three. Season two was On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and uh, season one was what well, didn't have any Bond music, so don't even listen. Uh, <laughs> for just, uh, just wanna let's give it, let's give the, let's give the good people a taste of, uh, of the man with the golden gun, mm. uh, which starts off with uh, he's got a powerful weapon. The lyrics are awful. The lyrics are he comes whenever he c- kills. <laughs> worse than you are like leading the people to believe. If you've never heard uh, the, I mean, I, I wonder if there are people out there. And maybe you can answer this, uh, people out there, who didn't watch James Bond until they started listening to this podcast. There right. are some. I've, I've seen on Twitter that there are some. And I, Well, and here's the thing. I wonder if those people are waiting for us, like are they watching be, them yeah. with us, which I think so. is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, man with the golden gun. Here we go. Pulling it up. It Pulling just comes it right up. in, and that brass. Oh. It is. People hate this one, though. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I don't know if this is a trailer I'm clicking on. I've got it. You have it yeah, already. I've got all the songs. Maybe we should switch. Great. It to me. Yeah. Done. Okay. We're switching. So in the meantime, someone asked a question: Where did I get all those alternate Bond songs? That, uh, where can you buy them? That sort of thing. I have to tell you, they're almost all available on uh, YouTube, and I just ripped them from there. <laughs> so I don't know if they're available necessarily, but a lot of them are. Um, and I think actually someone on one of the episodes did a place where you can get most of them. Um, all right, here we go. <laughs> it's funny as you as you've said it now. As I'm thinking about the theme song, mm-hmm. it's really fun. Here we really go. Really '70s. How loud is this going to be? It's it. There's a hell of a brass section. In I know it's amazing, but and also the thumping, the 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 oh, and there's a wop. There's like a yeah. There's a wop pedal happening on the guitar. This is the most '70s James Bond song, right? Yeah. This is the dot, like the moonraker of theme songs, in that it goes so far, the pendulum swing to the ridiculous. Yeah. But I love it for that reason. 
She goes from two sir with love to this. And then one thing I absolutely love too, I hope I have it here. Very heavy. Very heavy on the guitar. Yeah, you don't immediately realize it. That's a good bridge. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Bow, bow, bow. Those descending brass blasts. Forget it. Forget it. Okay, one of these is going to be what I want. But here we go. Hold on. Um, gets real sad there. This is from when he's in the Scaramanga's Fun House and he goes into the Old West thing. Uh, and this is the full version of, of uh, Man with the Golden Gun played in awesome. Honky Tonk. No, I want to hear now, now. The next time I walk down Main Street. I thought you were going to say walk down the aisle. No, the next time I walk down the aisle. Next time I walk down Main Street in Disneyland, if this, if the, if that, if the gentleman is instead of playing Scott Joplin, if he's playing this, oh, yeah. I will, I will, I guess give him a million dollars. Yeah, just give him something. That's amazing. Uh, the uh, we'll go ahead and play a little bit of uh, "Live and Let Die" while okay, we're at it, sure, just so sure. just so you can hear how much better the song "I Like" is. What do you mean? What? No, I think. Also, lyrically, I think it's great. The only, you know, it does kind of lose me, though, when it does the breakdown. Do you know why? Why? Linda McCartney wrote that part. Are you talking about the reggae breakdown? She specifically wrote that section of the song. Oh, is that why it loses me? Yeah. Because, like, the first part, yeah. It is a great song. This era of Wings, too, where every song breaks into different sections that have time changes and yeah. stuff. I love it. I love Wings. I love this movie. This is a great, this is a great, great movie. I really like, I really like Roger Moore. I love the Roger Moore movies. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, we're trying to get there. We're yeah. trying, trying, trying yeah. to get there. That... Oh, listen to that swell. And that's George Martin, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. We shouldn't... We really should do a music episode, so this is just a teaser, but we can go through every theme song. Yeah. I mean, this I, could be the music episode, but I'm just saying. I just... I just... I have so much more to say, because John Barry is my... Probably my favorite musician that ever lived. Bold statement. Yeah. Now, we're going to get... In a second here, we're going to hit the part where I lose the song. It's the what does it matter to you? Yeah. Yeah, that's Linda McCartney. Where it just goes in a direction where you're like, what the fuck is happening? Now, this part, we're all on board. It's a great time. We're having a good time. I really think I've nailed it. Linda, what do you want to do? Do you want to put something in? (laughs) And she shakes the tambourine. Yes, Paul, I do. Uh, I wrote a little... Here we go. ...a reggae thing. Here. Look, I'm in a tracksuit. I just went jogging, and I came in, and I gave you a little musical gift. <laughs> Here you go. Oh, I should have. I should have. I should take some pictures of this. So, can we use it? Uh, yeah, but back to my part here. Let's go. There we go. Right. Uh, 
And also, if you, you give me that for one second, oh, I'd like to uh, play something else. Sure. Which, sure, I think I think certainly as a as a as a child, I think really helped uh, me uh, enjoy that song the most. It is a, a very famous cover of that song by a uh, a group that started not far from where we are right now, that over lot. at the Viper Room, oh. and on and in Canters. Tenacious D. Guns N' Roses. Oh, oh yeah. Oh god. Oh. 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 Listen to this. I love that we're comparing these two songs right now. Axel Rose's. Uh. <laughs> this is uh. Everything, even the music, sounds like it's on a like a cassette warbling or yeah. something. But listen to Slash. God damn, Slash is a great guitar player. I always think if you're going to do a cover, you got to do something different. And this just is the... It's an inferior copy, you know? Oh, but I feel like their reggae section All right, is better. Let's stick it out. There's a... Uh, there's a version of this song uh, from a live concert they did, and I encourage you to watch it on YouTube. But uh, Axel's, they're playing this song, and then right before the breakdown, Axel goes, Give me some reggae! Ah. <laughs> Here we go. Those heavier guitars does help a little yeah. bit. Yeah. They do help. That last question about the Bond alternates was from Nick Lathan on Twitter. Nick, so. thank you for your question. You're really helping us out here. John Flagg asks, how many correction emails and tweets would you say you get every episode? Also, why are people dicks? Now, maybe I should clear this up because I was joking for many episodes that I get a lot of negative emails. <laughs> I honestly don't mind negative or constructive criticism emails. There is just a lot of uh, nitpicking emails. And I have to say, they, they've stopped. And, and it really, it's nice because I, I like any email that's like, oh, I would prefer this, but with a substantiated reason, not, you, you got the, the month of the year wrong on this. Oh, dear. And, um, and there's a lot of great emails about people's first Bond experience. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's great. Those are nice. They're all in there if you want to check them. I should probably check that email any, eventually. At, any, at, <laughs> eventually. At your leisure. At your eventually, leisure. I'll but check the questions that have been really good, and it's, it's much appreciated, and it's nice to correspond with you guys. We we genuinely uh, we we well I mean I know I am but uh, I'm not I want to speak for Matt but I'm always genuinely surprised that people listen to this yeah sure like and then when I run into people uh, I run into people out in the world mm-hmm. uh, that this is what they reference as the thing that they like that I'm I've done. getting quite a bit of that too yeah it's pretty interesting and I like I love it I love it. I had a neighbor walk by, Matt Novak, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. I, I've never known him, and he he lives a few a block or two away, and uh-huh. he was walking by, and I came out of my house, and he pulled off his earbuds, and he goes, hey, I'm listening to you right now on uh, James Bonding. Oh, my and God. And we had only met passing on the street a couple times. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I was at, actually at a taping of, uh, I was doing a warm-up at, at midnight, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, the, uh, the somebody said uh, i love i love i love you from james bonding 
Like that's what they said. Saying, the great part is you. that we can really claim none of this as as it's just James Bond fans. Right? Yeah, which we're I'm all for. That's that's fine. Be a James Bond fan, but also like us. We we just want to be liked. Uh, obviously, Rank ninety two asks best gadget. The best gadget. Now, people. Are, the, the easy answer for people always, I think, is is the Aston Martin DB5, yeah. uh, which is inferior to the Aston Martin Vantage, just in sheer mm. firepower. <laughs> I, I like the Moonraker wrist ro- rocket that he can fire with, like with a synapse. Pulse. Yeah, with yeah. A, with a, with, a, with a, ah, some sort of. I do love it. Uh, some sort of dumb. You know what it is? It, uh, I think, and, it, and it, I think all of these weird sort of fun gadgets come from the Roger Moore era. Yeah, but at the end of Live and Let Die, when he kills the keychain, uh, he kills with the oh. uh, with the inflatable. First of all, the couch, the leather couch, <laughs> blows up like a balloon, <laughs> and <laughs> and swallows the guy, and then a human being, a human being, yeah, not in a Willy Wonka movie, right? Essentially. Now, if you've never seen Live and Die and you're going to get to it along with us. I was just going to say. Uh, there, I just want to I just want to uh, stress this to you. I'm not don't want I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> but there's a lot but, of inflation going yeah, on. Yeah, in this movie, someone is blown up to the point where it looks it looks exactly like uh when uh what's her face eats the grape in uh Willy oh, Wonka yeah, and yeah. like you're that round you're with our little tiny yeah, arms sticking out. It's ridiculous. Out. Uh, we'll and have then, plenty to talk yeah, about. Yeah, then that, that person literally blows apart. <laughs> so uh, that's, I think that's my favorite gadget, right? I mean, shark, I, I mean, the shark gun, the shark. Yeah, yeah, but the oh god, Roger Moore had some fucking dumb, dumb gadgets. And you know what's interesting too is uh, what something I like to see, and and it'll be interesting for us to watch together, everybody. Uh, is as we move towards the eighties. Just how eighties the gadgets get, you know oh, what I mean? Like in a boombox, and like oh, there's right, like all right. sorts of like very eighties eighties gadgets. Yeah, that's right. Whereas I feel like the gadgets in the uh, in the in the more recent movies, and I feel like the gadgets in the in the sixties, they sort of feel timeless. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like right. the rebreather and the uh, you know obviously the Aston Martin with the machine guns on the front, and then as we move in now, the, the grappling hook and the uh, in the belt. Right. That's where it's believable. Yeah. In the belt. Yeah. Not in well, not in the last movie we just watched where it comes out of the uh, Omega uh, Seamaster. Oh boy. And just it just it just somehow anchors in to uh steel and uh can lift <laughs> Pierce Brosnan and uh Denise Richards fake boobs. <laughs> Both of them have fake boobs? <laughs> yes. Oh, I yeah. see. <laughs> they will uh peck implants. He really wanted to work it out but he couldn't do it. Noah Foss asks, how would you feel if the next Bond movie was set in the past, Mad Men style? And I've often thought when they reboot it again, it would be nice to just go back to the 60s. Yeah. Because then you can just do simple spy stories. Oh, that's stupid. Why is that stupid? I disagree. Really? I like, I like that Bond has grown up with the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like that he's evolved with the world, and I like the changes that happen. I wouldn't mind a detour. A four-movie detour. A four-movie detour? Well, like, four no, movies no is, a de- actor, is a decade. I know. No actor is going to do more than four, probably, or five tops yeah. anymore. Well... There'll never be another Roger Moore. Seven. Yeah. Craig's... Uh, well, I mean, it's, I think it's just production now. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, I, and I'm very curious as to if the writer's strike hadn't happened. Uh, I wonder where we'd be with James Bond movies, because uh-huh. I just feel like that pushed production so hard. Yeah. And that we had to wait that much longer and between Quantum and Skyfall. And now, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now we're waiting again. That's what I'm saying. Granted, we wouldn't have had Skyfall, probably. That wouldn't have happened. Right. There would have been something else. Yeah. 
Um, but I felt like the way they were the way they were going there, if that writer strike hadn't happened, I think it would be very, very interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I also rewatched Skyfall last night. You did? Yeah, instead of watching on Her Majesty's Secret Service. I understand. Because I turned on the new Netflix interface on my PlayStation. There it is. And the, yeah. the first thing I is know. like... And how can you... And how do you not click on that? Yeah. Did you click on it immediately? Well, I'll tell you what I watched last night. <laughs> what? <laughs> I saw that, and then I went right to my queue and watched Everything or Nothing again. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good move. I, I often put that on in the background. Good move, Gourley. Which Bond film made you the most dame? Judy Drenched. <laughs> Alex Fraioli. Uh, that is the best. Yeah. That's that good. is the best. You mean, is, is, so he's, a, he's asking when we found Dame Judy Dench to be the sexiest. Or just which, I think, which Bond film, sorry. So which Bond film got you the most Jane, Jane, dame Judy, Judy Drenched? Dame Judy Drenched. Now, now, let me ask you this person on Twitter who we can't really ask a question of. Do you mean... Which which did I find the most sexually arousing? No, I think which movie turned you loved it so much it turned you on and got you all just opened up. You're saying the same thing I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> uh, my answer will always be Diamonds Are Forever. Oh, so you are it's the se- sexiest movie. I see. Oh, I think the that's the sexiest movie. The, the se- I think that's because uh, a nip slip right at the beginning. I'm also I've noticed a bunch of nip nip slips ever since blu-ray came along oh god yeah Honor Majesty's secret service has not just a nip slip but full it's his like nipplage slippage just nipplage like slippage icy when wet it's not even what? like yeah <laughs> as though the nipples are made of grease it's ruby bartlett you can see everything uh right well okay here we go another question uh why do you think the Dalton Bond flicks are viewed as the weakest. This is from uh, T. Jones at 1994 on Twitter, at T. Jones in 1994. That's with three S's on Jones. Mm. Um, are they... Well, you know what I think? I think it's just they're these forgotten... It's, it's this forgotten period. Yeah. It's a very... Uh, it's two, only two movies, which isn't helping anybody. Right. I don't know how many... I, can, I can't even count on my hands the number of times I've been asked by people who aren't really James Bond fans who the guy was in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah. Like, they just don't, they don't know, oh, they don't know right. George Lazenby's name. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that that's sort of what Timothy Dalton suffers from. Mm-hmm. He suffers from a very, because those two movies came out within two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 87, right, and 89. Yeah, and those were a heavy competition movie years. Yeah, the 89, obviously, that was, uh, that was Batman. Last Crusade. Last Crusade. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Ghostbusters uh, 2. And 87, I think. Was 87 RoboCop? I don't know. I feel like... Anyway, but the big, heavy, you know, action years. And, 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 and they tried to keep up with what was happening, and they did it way darker than they should have. And yeah. it just turned into a thing. And I think... I'm looking forward to revisiting those, because I haven't Me watched too. them since we was started Was License to Kill this. a summer release? Why do I think it was a summer release? I know Living Daylights wasn't. Uh, yeah, it feels I like it. Be Because View to a Kill was summer, too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's right, because I saw it a bunch that summer. Yeah. I loved it. So that's why we think it was, we just think it just suffered from it being two people, I mean, two movies, and uh, not having a, you know, huge anchor. Uh, this comes from uh, Snap the Jap on, uh, oh, I know we know guy. him. Yeah. We know. Yeah. We see him all the time. Uh-huh. I see him at the uh, Cine Family when I'm over there. Uh, Sean uh, is his uh, actual name. Uh, he goes, uh, I'm at Gurley, I'm at Myra. Who would you each, or collectively... Uh, like to see as the next Bond, how about Idris Elba? I, I'd be up for that. You'd be up for Idris Elba? Sure. I think he's too old already. 
That's the problem. Is I I love having Bond played by a forty something actor, but you kind of have to start him younger because, like we're saying, by the time if you want him to be in more than two movies, yeah. they got to start a little bit younger. So you got to let him age into the role. Because look bit. at look at what we're looking at right now with Daniel Craig, who's yeah. only done three movies. Yeah, but uh, he started them uh, in two thousand five. Correct. Jeez. Yeah, because I'd love Fassbender too, but I think he's already probably yeah he's already old. past his prime. Yeah. So as far as like a young actor coming up that I think could pull off James Bond and also be British. Dan, um, uh, Tom Hardy wouldn't be bad. He he's a little I don't know if he's a little too a little rough. Too yeah, a little too big. I'd like, I'd I mean, like to see him down. lean up a little bit. He could lean down. Like he's doing uh he's doing the Elton John biopic. That's right. And he looks already leaner than he did in the thing. Mm-hmm. And if you look at him in, you know, Star Trek Nemesis written by John Logan. Sure. Sure. Interesting. You see yeah. what I'm doing here? Yeah, I do. Pulling it together for I everybody. Do. I see it. Uh, if you look at him in there, he's very slim. You know, hmm. plays opposite uh, Jean-Luc Picard. What did I just see him in too? Where he was just a just a young guy, just, just a little young. guy. Oh, Band of Brothers. He was tiny. Oh, right. Tiny yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. Yeah, he's good in that. Uh, which villains? This is from Dylan Shearer. Which villains' plan do you think could have actually succeeded in real life or caused the most destruction if it worked? Well, I think, okay, there's two answers to this, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and the answers are two movies very far apart from each other. I think the plan in You Only Live Twice, where the guy's looking to start a world oh, war. Oh, yeah, destruction, sure, yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. he's looking to do. Yeah, any of those nuclear deals. Yeah. Same with Moonraker. Well, the nuclear thing, the, the, the Moonraker nuclear thing, the, well, I, I guess he wants to destroy the planet. And, and Honor Majesty's Secret Service, he wants to destroy every living thing, or he wants he threatens to and will yeah. but yeah he's going yeah. to make everything sterile and die alright well that, those are three big answers right but there but which one would have would have worked well I think honestly I think um, it's got to be Casino Royale or Quantum or something no because Casino Royale there's no there's nothing there's no there's no real threat well I know but his plan could have worked he could have won the game yeah he, he could have paid oh, off I see what you're saying yeah. yes he could have won that hand at poker yeah uh, and I think that the uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, which we're going to be watching pretty soon, mm. to, again, his plan, start a war between China and the, uh, and the United Kingdom. I think that could have worked. Uh, Jeremy asks, mainly, I just want to hear complaints about Moonraker's rough transition to film. Uh, av- aviary double take included. That has to be the the biggest disparity between book and film. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. I like that book. It's a good book. It's a good film. Yeah. I mean, and I say good film. I just I mean that in the sense oh, of I love that movie. It's good to watch. Yeah. It's a good movie to watch. And yes, there is. This is John Glenn's movie, first movie, right? Is that John Glenn? Yeah. What? No, that's Lewis Gilbert. All right, For Lewis your Gilbert. eyes only is John Glenn. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, that is Lewis Gilbert. I can yeah. see him now Lewis talking Gilbert. about the double. When, when we did Moonwaker, <laughs> you see it was very, very hard to do up in space. We, 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 we <laughs> I just wanna, successful. I just want to hold him. I know. And take him and just like He's keep adorable. him in my pocket. He's adorable. I made the movie Alfie. <laughs> oh. What's it all about, Alfie? Uh, have you seen the Suits of James Bond Tumblr? It's yes. amazing and awesome. Yeah, I follow it. That's one yes and one no. I have oh, not seen it. You'd love it. You more than me, I think. I know. I probably would love it. Uh, Nat Lud, N A T L U D, Natlud probably uh, asks us: James Bond changes 
from uh, changes form, saves the world, superhuman, British, Time Lord? Question mark. Mm. P.S. Disregards Typhall. This is a this is, this a is a theory Matt Myers theory floated around, but it's Matt Myers theory. Is it? I am the originator of this theory on a podcast. And who's Matt Myers? Three and a half years ago, it's you. Oh. Um, and it is the theory that James Bond is in fact a Time Lord. And how do I know it's my theory, Matt? I'll tell you how I know it's my theory. Oh. I Googled it as and I thought when I thought of it. it to, oh, no, no, there was nothing. When I thought of it, I Googled it, and there ah. were no results. <laughs> Interesting. So that's how I know that I thought of the theory that James Bond is, in fact, a Time Lord uh, working for the British Secret Service. And if you watch Doctor Who and you watch James Bond, I think, I think you can see. I think you can see it. Well, until you can present an anagram to support this, I'm not going to consider it. Uh Adam's asking us if we're going to cover the uh, 1960s Casino Royale. Sure. I think we're going to cover everything on film uh, that has to do with James Bond. Uh, minus the cartoon. That's a rough one for me. Oh, the six, the yeah. 60s one? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a thing that we're going to have to watch it together and eat pizza. Yeah. Like, that's going to have to yeah. be how we get through that. Or press play, go out and get a few drinks and come back. <laughs> and uh, oh, is this the uh, is this the story from Badass Digest? Is this the... Oh, no, this is just about... Uh... Oh, this is interesting. A Bond and Blofeld rematch just got a lot more likely. Now, this is something that I just said. Is that on Badass Digest? It sure is. Devin Faraci? Uh, no, it's Phil. Oh, you know, I was on one of the Badass Digests. Uh, oh, that's interesting. I've never, never as, been asked. As a Bond expert, and we drank the entire time. You can find it online, and I get drunk and drunker mm-hmm. and drunkest. Oh, that's cool. Gr- I would love to. I'd I be, don't know why being drunk became my thing. I'd be glad to get drunk on a, on a, a web a video treat. if anybody wants me to. Just let me know. You were on with uh, Allie Gertz, right? Yes. She uh, she, she was a researcher on At Midnight. Uh-huh. She sings songs on the internet. And in life, too. I mean, it's not just exclusively on the internet. She has an album on iTunes. Download it. And listen to her sing about Millhouse in the most sad and appropriate way ever. John Piercing asks, what is the most artistic Bond movie? And I'd have to say it's Honor Majesty's Secret Service versus Quantum of Solace for that title. Solace. Oh, Jesus. I did it. You did, did you it. You do it all the time. I did it again. This person asks me a question not related to James Bond at all. Is it okay that I think of you as stand-up Jordan Peele? Follow-up. I mean, he's sketching improv and you're stand-up. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't know. There's a few unrelated. Uh, Jordan's questions. a great guy, and uh, you can think of me however you'd like. Myra, please tell us. Please tell the student loan Omega Watch story. <laughs> uh, sure. I don't know that I did. I tell where did I tell this? I must have told it on some podcast I did. I've done hundreds of thousands of podcasts, so I don't know where I've told it. But I haven't told this here. Uh, yeah, in uh, in college, I uh, decided that uh, I could get a student loan for a computer. Because uh, I was in digital media production and and needing a computer that could run the early, early version of Final Cut Pro was necessary. So I went on Apple's website and I built a, I built a G, G5 tower and uh, I got it built up to about $12,000. That's how much you could build a computer for then. And I, get, I bet you could get it up there now still. But I had, you know, multiple hard drive, four hard drives in there, you know, a lot of RAM, probably like 128 gigs of RAM. 
or megs. I don't even. Yeah, 128 megs of RAM probably. Uh, maybe 256 at that time. Uh, and uh, I brought it to the finance department at school, and I said, "This is the computer I'd like to build for my editing." I looked at it, looked at my major, handed me a check. Oh my god! <laughs> Took the check, didn't buy a computer. And one of the things I ended up buying was the Omega Seamaster that's actually in my glove box right How now. How did you edit? Car. I edited it on a uh, G4 tower. Oh, movieola. I had, a, I had a Power Mac G4, mirrored door drives on the front. Splicing tape and celluloid and garters. Oh, hey, oh. We did that in my first class. Yeah, we were still editing on uh, VHS with the shuttle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did that. That was, the, that was part of the fun we had. And, uh, yeah, and since then, uh, I bet that watch has cost me well over $10,000 at this point. Just an interest. <laughs> Stephen Harris asks, what happened to Daniel Craig's parents in Skyfall? Well, I think you mean James Bond's parents, but I take... Excuse me. Yeah. They, the literary Bond's parents died in a skiing died, accident. No, it was a mountain climbing well, accident. Well, I call it skiing. You call it mountain climbing. Well, I'm right. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> oh, this is a good question from Justin Taormina. In the Alps. Yes. Let's just let's just let him know because he obviously doesn't know exactly the story. So someday I will get to Pitts Glory up there in the Swiss Alps. Yeah. I well, was let's thinking, do it. I was vowing that that's I'd rather go there than Goldeneye, to be honest. Okay. 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 Go. I mean that. Yeah, that's a filming location. Yeah. Let's do it. If you had a chance to write a Bond movie, what would your plot be? Obviously, we couldn't parse out a Bond plot, but I would say like what style close to what movie style? Like simple, convoluted, ridiculous. Well, first of all, I'd try to get Deacons to shoot it. Because, good yes. lord, does that movie look great. Yeah. Uh, he's he's up there with John Barry and Cat Adam for, for their contributions. Like, if he were to do that regularly, he would be oh my God. so appreciated. That movie, rewatch Skyfall, everybody. It's on Netflix. It's and just so good looking. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, I have to say, is shot really beautifully, too. Thanks, Soderbergh. Um, yeah, no, it's just... Okay, so here's what, here's what I would want. And I think Matt and I are on the same page as, as, as far as this is concerned. I want... A cold open. That has nothing to do yeah. with the story. Yes. Okay? Yes. When is the last time that happened? I don't think it has since... Tomorrow Never Dies? I don't even remember the cold open in Tomorrow Never Dies. It's that he's in a jet and he has to blow up all that shit. No, because that? That, that's, that's the Arms related? Bazaar. That's the Arms Bazaar where so the GPS thing gets eye. taken. It's not Golden It's eye. not License to Kill. Not License to Kill. It's a Roger it's... Moore. It's Roger Moore parachuting. With no, the, wait, with let's the British go back, because it's not Living Daylights, because that's connected to Schmerzbeam. Yeah. Uh, View to a Kill, no. Uh, Octopussy, yeah, uh, yes, the little Armalite plane is not related to the... Oh, yes, the jet, the uh, little Nelly. it's called. No, no that's, 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 that's the helicopter. Yeah, you're gonna um, get, I'm going to get emails. All right, well, listen. Yeah, so there it is, Octopussy. 1983 was the last time that happened. So what we would like is... Uh, wow. Cold 30 open. years ago. We yeah. haven't had a, 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 an unrelated cold open in 30 years. And I think that's just... I don't know why. But anyway, that's what we want. We want a yeah. cold open. We agree on that. Uh, and then what I'd like, and I think we've said this before too, is I'd like Spectre back. Mm-hmm. I want a big organization. I want some sort of uh, viable enemy, which is why I like... I liked Quantum quite a bit. Yeah. I thought that was a good little way to get around yeah, not having Spectre. They sure teased it. Um, and uh, I want... So, Cold Open, awesome theme song, followed by the villain setting up his plan, 
followed by James being called into M's office mm-hmm. saying, uh, James 004 was in <laughs> Prague and was killed by someone we think is Blofeld. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh, who's this Blofeld? You know, something like that, whatever. Yeah. And uh, set piece wise, well, immediately after this happens, James Bond takes his dossier and goes, this is excellent. I don't know what I'll say. Anyway, hands it back. And then heads down to the quartermaster. Oh, yeah. That's what I want him to do. Yeah. Jimmy's going to head down to the cue master, yeah. and he's going to take a look. And you know what he's going to do? Yeah. He's going to say, you know what, Q? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this ear thing with you. I'm going to go do this on my own because there's some radio, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, okay, here's your gadgets. This is a blah, 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 blah. Great gadgets. We got it. Uh, here's your new car. And he's like, what, what does this car do? Nothing. It's bulletproof. It's, it's bulletproof. A, it's a Mazda Miata, <laughs> you see. Two passenger Mazda Miata. Rotating wheels. All in all, rather Ro- stocked. No license plate rotation, <laughs> just wheels. You see how they turn? That's how it drives. We've actually what, we've, we've gone ahead and taken the liberty of, of removing your license plates. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've placed this. It's, it's called Valley Mazda. <laughs> Pete Ellis Dodge, you see. <laughs> Kumin Toyota. What is that? <laughs> um, it's, it's called Sun Valley Kia. <laughs> now, you see, they don't only sell Kias, so it's believable that the Master Miata would come from there. <laughs> Mike Rothschild <laughs> asks, which Bond villain has the most compelling motivation? We I haven't, think this fin- is we haven't finished our pitch yet. Oh, sorry. You're not, are, you not into, are, you, are you not into our pitch of how a James Bond no, movie should I'm go? I'm so into it that it's like I don't even need to hear it because I think it needs to happen. You know, it's it's a it's the obvious. So choice. he leaves Q, right? Mm-hmm. What's the next thing he's gonna do? Meet, I think we both know who he's gonna meet now. He's gonna meet the girl. He's gonna meet the girl. But yeah. what's he gonna do with this girl? He's, well, gonna, he's gonna, gonna. Well, she's gonna be the femme fatale that is somehow working for the villain. And he's gonna sleep with her. Oh, correct. Yeah, you're and, absolutely and correct. Sure, her fate. Now, granted, what we're saying sounds very predictable. <laughs> Yeah, maybe but not I think, that formulaic. But. I think, but I think part of what we love about James Bond is the formula of James mm, Bond. Sure. And I think that if they can get back to basics. At least for one movie. At least for one movie. Please, please, please get back to basics. Which is what makes the end of Skyfall so goddamn good. Is when he shows up and is handed a file mm. in M's original office. And really, if Sam Mendes, who's doing the next movie, and, and teed himself up. If he doesn't follow through with that. I'm going to be so upset but still love the movie that comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Which Bond villain has the most compelling motivation? Well, it's got to be someone that wants revenge, right? Like Silva. Silva's got a pretty compelling motivation with a a very ridiculous plot. The Sheaf. Oh, the Sheaf's just scared for his life, yeah. Yeah. He's just scared. He's got to get people's money back. Um... Yeah, now I'm thinking about everybody else. Sophie Marceau can go fuck herself. Um, Alec Trevelyan. Yeah. Trevelyan's got a pretty good uh, motive. It's really because James Bond went ahead and changed the mine. The, uh, the, the mine deployment to go in 10 seconds instead of 30. Oh, so then he's got, he's got revenge. GoldenEye is actually one of the ones I watch the least. I know that's a sin. Well, I think most people are familiar with the plot of GoldenEye just from the game. Yep. There you go. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? 
questions, questions, questions. Uh, Scott says, do you like more in the same way Captain Kirk or 60s Batman is fun? Or do you like him on a more serious level? Oh, I think that's a huge part of Roger Moore's charm as James Bond. Sure. Yeah. I think that uh, the, uh, for lack of a better term, whimsy. Whimsy. <laughs> you see, James, you just press this button and whimsy comes out. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Q. <laughs> James, I, I, I've been talking to our psychiatrist and she says that you know, there's not enough whimsy in your life. So I've gone, gone and included this button. You have to be in fourth gear. Traveling right. at 37 miles per hour. All right. Now, what you do here is you're going to hit, you're going to turn the radio on to 8.43 a.m. Do you understand? A.m. station. Yes, a.m. station. Very yes. Now, of course, there is a button. Okay? Do not hit this button unless you are going at precisely Click. 37. Nope. What? 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 You've released the whimsy. Oh, look, what fun. Speaking of this. <laughs> what we... would come out? <laughs> what would come out of the Miata? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> it would be... It's just, it just pops the trunk and there's a puppy dressed like Santa. <laughs> or, or Jaws in that weird carnival costume or wherever they were. The Junk Canoe. Oh, uh, yes. Junk Canoe in Brazil. Or, no, Carnival. You, you release this section of the roof and fire <laughs> whimsy. <laughs> Look at that. Very good. Whatever you do, don't press it. Unless you're looking for whimsy. <laughs> we get... We... <laughs> Just imagining what music starts playing when he hits the button. I'll tell you what it'd be. It'd be that honky tonk. Um... We get, uh, we're getting more and more requests for some Ian Fleming. So I'm going to take some questions from you as Ian Fleming right now. Okay? <laughs> You're interviewing me as Ian Fleming. Here we go. Uh, pleasure to have you with us. I Ian. say, don't you know, boy, tally her what, what, and all that? Yes. Uh, thank you, uh, Ian, for being with us on this podcast. You know, I say. Do you, do, you know what a, do you know what a podcast is? Absolutely. You plug it in and it gives you whimsy. <laughs> Does it not? I'm having a great time. I should, smoke 70 cigarettes a day. Should I do my Desmond the Well in Please. interview? Yes. Oh, I'm very, very much enamored that, with your work in the film. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Now, of course, what I'd like to do is, is just tell you a little bit about how I've approached the role you've, you've created. All right. Now, you see, what I do is I add a bit of whimsy. Whimsy. Wh- whim. No, I believe that's a different movie. I wrote it, you know. I don't believe Is that true? Absolutely, you see, I wrote that. And but who, I wrote all of the James Bond novels the Jay- that I wrote. <laughs> of course. Of course, you were. I'm, I'm familiar with those. Yes, of course, because I wouldn't have a job without it. Right. Yes, I see what you're saying. But the, but the chitty, chitty, what what motivated you to do chitty chitty bang bang, which I will say has a lot of whimsy. It does. Chitty chitty biang biang has a lot of whimsy. You see, and I pose that in my collection, first editions mm. of Charlie Darwin's On the Origin of the Species. Uh, and old Addy Hitler's Mein Kampf. Addy, uh, you, you sound very familiar with Adolf. 
Well, you know, me and my Red Indian commandos and WWII went after some of them, you know. Yes, of course. Uh, Now, where did you come up with gadgets? Well, you see, it wasn't entirely my invention. Mm. Uh, Gadgets had pre-existed before this. uh, And uh, as one of the Red Indian commandos in my group, we would take little bits of things and make other things out of them, don't you see, I say? Why why were you called Red Indian commandos? Commanders. Well, that's what I call them, you know, because they were very much like little raiders on the Western plains, like you see in those quaint Western movies. So, what you're... I'm sorry. I'm just, yes, you what? in the front. <laughs> I'm the only... I'm actually the... There's no... There's no back here. Of course I'm in the front. My bad. There's no one behind me. No, no. no. Uh, but... but but this, where, where, did you watch a lot of westerns? Absolutely, you see. We had no television when I was growing up, so I was left to my imagination to watch television. You imagined the genre of westerns? I did quite before it came. Well before western, the western era. Well, well before cowboys. What year were you born? Um, a, a gentleman never asks and a lady never tells. Fair enough. Uh, uh, thank you, Ian Fleming, for joining us here on uh, Q's Corner. Thank you. What a wonderful afternoon of whimsy and capriciousness. Whimsy? Whimsy. Am I, uh, am I not saying it like you? Whimsy. Whimsy. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. And scene, everybody. All right. It was well worth our time. Um... A lot of questions about Spectre. This is a timely day. It really is uh, a timely day. How much have you spent on Bond or Bond-like memorabilia? That's a good question. Not as much as you'd think, no, uh, yeah. personally. I mean, if you count the watches, sure. Sure. But uh, Not counting the movies. Not counting Bond Yeah, you movies. can't count the movies. I mean, poster-wise, I have a very rare GoldenEye poster. Do you? Yeah. That I, it uh, just says Return of the Jedi. <laughs> it says Revenge of the Jedi. I it's hanging actually those. above your stairs. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, the, I, have a, I have a very rare uh, GoldenEye uh, poster that what I actually have rare? never... Here's, the, here's what makes it rare. It's the teaser poster, which is the gun barrel yeah. with Pierce Brosnan's eye, and it's brown. And it says 007 on the bottom. And it says, the legend is back. Oh. And instead of saying Christmas 95, it says coming soon. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I bought it for $20 in a comic book store in Wakefield, Massachusetts, already framed. Oh, my God. In probably, I'm going to guess, 1998. Decent frame? Glass? Good frame. Non-reflective plexi. All right. It's good. Yeah. It's good. We both have the Toshin archive book. Of course. But the, but I think those were both gifts. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish that we had just decided to get the Ken Adams signed one. But that's oh, just, you Is know. there one? There I, was a special edition oh, that was $1,200. Oh, God. I have a Ken Adams book yeah. that I have yet to... I, I have all these, like, sick, rainy day I chores. just got super terrified thinking that maybe I didn't hit record. Maybe you should check. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, I'm I'm saying what I'm saying to you right now may never get to you. We're good. We're good. I mean, we're not doing that great, but we're good. Um, I have a cup, three prints of original James Bond art, and one of them is a digital print on transparency of just 
like right above the chin down to the top of the stomach pictures one of Mr. Kent and one of Mr. Or one oh, of Mr. Yes. Wint and one of Mr. Kid. So Mr. Wint has the scorpion and then Mr. Kid has the Le Bon Surprise. Yes. It's really cool. Le They're bon very stylized. Surprise. And then I have one of Connery in it's a painting, like a digital painting of him in the in the Japanese baths with all the girls. I um when I was a kid I correct I collected the uh Corgi stuff. Oh, you did? Yeah. The, oh, I the have cars. some. Of the, I have some of the um, old figurines. I have Goldfinger, Oddjob, and Doctor No. They're yeah. still in the package, yeah. and they're like worth nothing. It's so strange. Yeah, of course they aren't. I had the <laughs> the dumbest one I had, just based on the vehicle that it is. I had the Corgi Tomorrow Never Dies BMW 750. IL. Oh, is that your uh, BMW 750? <laughs> is that which movie? Is All that? the usual refinements. <laughs> Now this I'm particularly proud of. <laughs> Wait, here we go. Which Bond? This is from Daniel. Yeah. Which Bond is the best lover? Ooh. As much as I love Roger Moore, I think he may be the worst because the way he kisses feels like like a crypt keeper or a succubus pulling the life force from the body. Here's the part where I don't that, feel like he Here's enjoys the it. part that worries me. Yeah. It's clear that we've both thought about this. Well, sure. How can you not? But I have to be say, receiving end, here's the know? thing. Yeah. I can also eliminate another James Bond. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan. I'm eliminating yes, I him agree. because of his penchant for biting bottom lips. Yeah, because he's just like his hurt acting. He has sex acting. He has a, he has a distinct thing for each thing, and it makes me think that it's all tricks and gimmicks. <laughs> I think it's going to be Connery's a natural. Connery, Connery makes you forget that it was rape. Like a good special effect. You forget <laughs> it's not even digital. You forget it was not Jeez, consensual. Yeah, you're right. Uh... I think Craig is good. I think, Craig is a yeah. real good lover. Dalton, I think, is probably pretty good. I think it's going to be Dalton, Craig. I think Lazenby's good. Connery, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're going to have to... Yeah, I'm ge- we're going to give it to Craig. We're going to give it to Daniel Craig yeah. right now. Yeah. Just yeah. by virtue of the fact that uh, so far he hasn't, you know, against anybody's will. So that's good. Yeah. Got that going for him. Well, we've exhausted our Twitter questions. I'm going to go to the email. Have here. we really exhausted Twitter yeah. questions? Oh, really? Because I got a new one for you. Okay. Um, uh, with all things considered, who wins, James Bond or Jason Bourne? That's not even a question. James Bond's going to win. Uh, here's the question I've always asked myself, because uh, this is the kind of life I've led as a child. <laughs> Batman or James Bond? They're both fully gadgeted in yeah. this fight. Well... It depends on who's in whose movie. <laughs> Obviously. Let's put them in a movie that we call... Like a, a neutral movie? Bondman. <laughs> let's put them in it. Let's put them... Okay, let's put them both in, in the new Superman movie. Or does that feel like it's too much? I don't know. I, I don't know. I've always wondered that, and I, I feel like... Because those two people, I feel like James Bond... They're so similar character origin yeah, wise yeah that's true especially uh, now especially, yeah, yeah training wise now. and everything like that no especially always they said they, both their parents were killed at a very young age almost the same age okay right then they get then they end up you know uh batman cha- trains the league of assassins and Raish al ghul mm-hmm. uh but bond goes the other way and ends up with the british secret service yeah 
they both use gadgets to help them out. They're both human beings. That's true. With, you got that. Yeah. They're both male human beings. You've with connected no, something there. Well, I'm just saying there's no superpowers. <laughs> okay, yeah. There's no superpowers. But they've got to use their mind. This is a conversation, so. if I had it with someone who liked comic books, wouldn't have giggled at that. I like comic books, or I, yeah, sometimes. All right. Well, listen. What I'm saying is it would be a very good fight. Bruce Wayne, James Orenthal Bond. <laughs> Don't think that's his middle name. <laughs> All right, we're going to put away the media because I think it's distracting us, and we're going to continue the conversation. Let's get our you. own philosophical question going about okay. James Bond. Were there, were there other things we needed to talk about? Should we recap? Well, let's talk about for the fact that I was watching Pawn Stars last week. Okay, yes. With, uh, yeah. with Craig Rowan, uh, improviser, writer on At Midnight. He uh, has a podcast where he sits down with someone and watches an episode of a TV show. And uh, we decided, I was on it, I think it comes out this week. Uh, we decided to watch Pawn Stars. Mm-hmm. So it's a favorite of mine. He'd like sort of show. seen it. So we were watching it, and last week, who walks in the door but Vic Flick to sell a 1963 white Fender Stratocaster with a rosewood fingerboard and some classy-looking pickups. But we know that this show is all set up. Like, they contacted him and said, come in, Right. He, or he contacted them either way. Right. What happens in this is he starts explaining on, on what sessions he used this guitar. Oh, really? Yeah. So he used it to record the Goldfinger soundtrack. Whoa. He used it to record the soundtrack to A Hard Day's Night. Oh, my God. You know that scene where Ringo's walking around by himself on the beach? Mm-hmm. And all that little guitar thing that's happening, that's not the Beatles, that's Vic Flick. Forget it. All right? Excuse me, I'm yeah, eating no, chips. I understand. <laughs> Forget it. It's insane. Yeah. And also, uh, he played with Queen. But he would not sell this at a pawn shop. Oh, but he did. Was he down on his luck? I don't know. But they gave him 60 grand for it. Yeah, and he then uh, just gave it right back to him. I hope so. You should I, have I that I guarantee forever. that's fake. Because I don't know why that, that, that's a guitar that goes into auction. Because I'm a right. person, I would if if I know there are more people like me out there on the planet Earth, but people like me with way more money than I have. Yeah, like uh, like uh, Paul Allen, big guitar collector, uh-huh. billionaire. He bought uh, Jimi Hendrix's Star Single Banner Strat. I feel like that's something he would want to buy. He'd want to buy that Stratocaster. Yeah, and I feel like that you easily get into six digits with that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. But I loved it. I loved it. I love seeing him in there. So it went I for sixty thousand dollars. They sold him. I think for, they sold it to the pawn shop for sixty thousand dollars. What did What did the guy say he th- thought he could get for it? Eighty. Hmm. Which hmm. is still. I mean, if you think about it, let's say it's valued at eighty and it sells for eighty in an auction, and then he's got to pay the buyer's premium and stuff like that. He probably would have ended up with sixty thousand oh. or the seller's premium. So I watched the episode of Storage Wars where Shirley Bassey's on, and she just comes out of a storage unit. She's been in there for years. They open it up, and, and he's like, I've struck gold. It was amazing. So, finger. <laughs> Thank God you're here. I couldn't breathe. There's no air, no air for me to inhale. I almost died, died, died. Have you read I any of the... I almost died. Sorry. Have you read any of the Fleming books? 
Uh, I've gotten halfway through a little book I like to call Casino Royal. Casino Royal. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I do love about the Fleming books, and I've read, I've read all of them. Yeah, I've read all of them. Uh, what I do love about them is the style in which they're written. They're, uh, they're, they're. I would liken the style of writing to Connery's portrayal of Bond. Yeah, they're concise. Terse. They're, they're, yeah. The sentences aren't long. Yeah, it gets the point across, and they're incredibly racist. Yeah, boy, they really are, <laughs> and and misogynistic. Yeah. I saw that interview where Connery's on Barbara Walters well, saying yes. So she she even gives him the chance to, to get out, out of it, but he will not. Like, no, I still think uh, if you've exhausted every other option, you, you not only should but need. Sometimes a woman just needs a hand. Whoa, whoa. That uh, if you've never seen that uh, if that interview, yeah, and if that happened to a star of today's world, they would not recover from that. No, that's that's almost Mel Gibson level of ridiculousness. And because there was no Sean internet Connery, back then, here's a, the third suggested search that comes up for Sean Connery on YouTube is Sean Connery slapping a woman. Here we go. Ready? Fifty eight seconds long. We're gonna hear play the Good. clip. Yeah. Good. It's not the worst thing to slap a woman now and then. As I remember, you said you don't do it with a clenched fist. It's better to do it with an open hand. Jesus. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't love that. I haven't changed my opinion. You haven't? No. Not at all. You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. You I don't think, think it's bad? It I don't think it's that bad. I think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it. Yeah. Well, what would merit it? Well, if you have tried everything else... And women are pretty good at this. They, they can't leave it alone. Yeah? They don't they want to have the, the, the last word, and you give them the last, last word, but they're not happy with the last word. They want to say it again and, and get into a really provocative situation. Then I think it's absolutely right. What would... <laughs> Someone edited him slapping her, and that made me laugh really hard. Because you're a misogynistic bastard. This uh, this clip alone is enough to make me not feel sorry for him kind of getting screwed by the producers. Hmm. I don't care. I don't care what era. In fact, that's not even 60s. That's 80s when that... When did that interview take place? Oh, that's probably 88. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, he looks like... I th- Stop cutting me off, bitch. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of parodies of this video what on YouTube I yeah. can't imagine yeah can you imagine that? also I feel like they use the word uh, parody on YouTube far too freely far yeah. too freely far too willy nilly they use the word parody like Sean Connery uses his open hand jeez that's incredible <laughs> that's incredible it's incredible but not unexpected you know what I mean yeah like of course that's what Sean Connery does I think that I think but also, I know, there's no... And we sort of went through this with Allie and Georgia, too, where there's, like, no... You can't really defend... You can't defend it. You really can't defend it. Nor should you. No. Yeah. I mean, it's just, like, as much as I want to uh, like Sean Connery as a human being, you, like, that kind of a thing, you're just, like... Okay. I like him I like right. him as a, as, an, as a curious personality. I'm fascinated by him. But yeah. really, every kind of interview I've seen of him is... Even let's say you have no stake in the misogyny or anything like yeah. that, he does seem a detached and not 
engaging person. Like he just seems very negative, and but it, do you it's think a bummer. That that's, I think that that might be sixty years of being. I'm sure Sean it Connery. is. I'm sure it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, because if you look at uh, a lot of the footage from when he was young, he's making funny faces and stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of whimsy. 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 You see, on the set, Sean would often hit this button. <laughs> And it would bring out whimsy. In his defense, he would hit it with an open hand. That's very right, Ian. Yeah. I remember when he was on, Ian was on set for Dr. No. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is I'd say, here's some whimsy, even though I wasn't in that movie. No. I decided to show off the set. It was big of you. It was not very far from my flat. <laughs> in in Jamaica. Yes. In fact, I feel like that... That might be where I got the role from. I showed up with this whimsy button. Whimsy. <laughs> whimsy. And, uh, you know, just between takes, Sean would come over and I'd say, here's some whimsy. And he'd slap you. Yes. Yes. But not before hitting the button. No. Very whimsical. Because that's what it was like back then. Don't you see? And that's what people can't understand. And, oh, did we drink the red stripe? You drank the red stripe, you hit women, you used all sorts of derogatory language, you know? Because that's what you did to do your part for society. I would say we didn't know any better. It was racist to not be racist, don't you know? If you liked everyone equally, you were a racist. Yes, you... Do you know who else was racist? Who? <laughs> who? Who? Heitler. Addie Heitler? <laughs> do you mean to say? How canst be? <laughs> Turns out he wasn't, he wasn't very fond of a particular set of people. I've never heard. Yes, also, you don't want to be like him, right? So you have to be a little bit racist. He's just on the other end of the spectrum. Right, right. Which made him extraordinarily racist. I believe you have something going on there. Don't you know I say tally-ho, what-what, and all that old boy, chip-chip, cheerio, you know? Chamois leather? Ah, yes. In 1968, yes. I, I attempted to put chamois leather in the new Aston Martin. It was a chamois leather body. Oh. You know, you never had to worry about collisions. I just, the arguments I would have with Cubby... I said to argue with someone named Cubby. He's so cuddly. Quite right. Yes. I said, Cubby, do you know what would make this Aston Martin better? Well, I don't know. He's He's American. Yes. (laughs) I was trying. It came out. I was doing that mode. Oh, boy. Perhaps instead of bulletproof glass, leather. Chamois leather or stout leather? Mmm, chamois. Oh, soft chamois leather cheeks. I find it to be just more whimsical. Whimsy, Kyle. (laughs) What have we done by offering a supplemental podcast (laughs) and giving this heaping mound of excrement that we have given to your ears? What we've done, you see, is taken a sort of, I don't know, tapered formation of elephant dung and shoved it into your ears, don't you see? But sometimes it's, it's quite what you need. Isn't it, though? Anything else we need to cover? I think we've sufficiently wasted everyone's time. Well, what? listen to me now. Transition out of Ian Fleming. Oh, God. Where was I? What just happened for the last... Uh, Ian Fleming was here. What? I missed him? You were possessed by him. Oh, my God. You didn't miss him at all, actually. He was inside of you. Was I wearing a blue terry cloth short <laughs> pants jumper? 
and a cigarette in a holder. This jumper. Oh, I want one of those. Uh, yeah, please send us your terry cloth jumpers. Oh, blue, light blue terry cloth. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, a jumper, but it's all shorts, like real short. Yeah, I'm like a 48 regular. You can send that over. Yeah, I'm a 36. Yeah, mm-hmm. send it. We'll wear it. Yeah. Uh, do they make terry cloth jumpers in suit <laughs> sizes? I hope they do. Uh, for uh, for James Bonding, I've been Matt Myra. I've been Matt Corley. And please, uh, didn't we say it would end it like this? We would say, James Bonding will return in on Her Majesty's, Majesty's Secret, Secret Service. Service. Excuse we me, I did think it. you mean on Her Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> it's, it's Italian. Serviace. It's Italian. It's, you see, it's an uncooked... And then, you see, I met a woman, and she had caramel-flecked haunches, having been a virgin. What? I was Borat. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point, and we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, (laughs) Jazos. Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 